And welcome to the Bleacher Connection with your host, Ken and Trevor, part of Belly Up Sports. Make sure you follow them on Twitter at Belly Up Sports and check out the website bellyupsports.com to find about, about all the great podcasts and articles from everyone on the network. As always, you can find us on social media. On Twitter, Trevor's at TheBleacherCon1. I'm at TheBleacherCon2. And our Facebook page, The Bleacher Connection Podcast. Make sure you hit up our link tree in our Twitter bios. Get all the links for our partners at Dr. Squatch and our merch pages. Trevor, how are you doing today? Ken, I'm actually doing really well today. I uh, got my winter tires put on yesterday. For us that live up in the Great White North, that's a uh, necessity. Looks like we might get some snowfall. I know in uh, Central Canada, there's been some pretty hefty snowfall. We've been lucky to avoid that. So definitely, oh, you might uh, be, but uh, we we're getting it today. Are you getting it up in Edmonton? Yes, we uh, are. So you guys, you guys deserve it. We we had a little skiff this morning, and by a little skiff, I mean the roofs were slightly white. So, but it's on its way. I was glad to get that done yesterday. I got to go uh, on our onto our local sports teams here, Ken. I know on uh, the hockey side of things, I think both you and I would agree the Flames and Canucks. It's been a uh, challenging week to say the least. And uh, but on the football side of things, um, I know one of me is happier than one of you. After a big game on Friday night, my Calgary Stampeders knocked off your BC Lions, clinched the playoff spot, eliminated the BC Lions. I'm doing yes. great. How about you, Ken? Well, it's been a uh frustrating sports week for me. I think the one takeaway from the Lions stamps game is they were at least in it. They didn't get blown out. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't a game that they couldn't have won. If it, a couple things went differently, you know, there was a, a, a rookie in his first game took two bad penalties on, on a punt return by lucky whitehead that I think really would have changed the direction of the game and in the end, the Lions didn't pull it out. It was a frustrating season. Not they, they started out four and one and the kicking game, as we've talked about so much throughout the season, Bad. was horrible. And that's why we're not in the playoffs. If we had consistent kicking this season, we'd be possibly second in this, in this division in the West. As for my Canucks, man, got absolutely shellacked by Colorado 7-1. That was a game they weren't even in it. Like they I don't even know if they've shown up to that game yet. Uh I don't put that on Thatcher Demko cuz everybody in front of him left him out to to dry and just not a great game. It came much better response against Vegas. Mistakes ended up happening in the third and they lost 7-4. So I'm at the point, I'm not one to call for people losing their jobs, but I'm at the point where I'm thinking something's got to change with the Canucks. And I, if Travis Green is not able to get these guys going for the guys that haven't, that have been slumping so far, I'm wondering if he doesn't have the room anymore. And and I said to you in the offseason before he got his extension, if he came back, great. If they went in another direction, also great. It, it I was on the fence because this offensive group is probably on paper because it's not coming out on the ice right now is probably been the, the best offensive group of forwards he's had in his tenure as Canucks coach. And he's just not getting it out of them. And that's concerning. I'm going to give a little bit of a piece of advice to anybody in the Vancouver market looking for, you know, hot stock tips. If you can get a chance to buy into goal lights, 
in the Vancouver market, I highly suggest you do it. You're going to make millions. This is a team that clearly can't keep the puck out of their net and they're going to be replacing a bunch of goal lights around the league this season. So little, little hot tip stock advice for the Vancouver market. There's a real opportunity here to make some significant Jack. <laughs> yeah, it's been ugly so far. We've got An- <laughs> Anaheim coming up and they played a really good game against them uh, about a week or so ago. Hopefully they can pull out the same kind of effort and, do something with it because they got there's still time to turn it around. They yep. can't if they're, if they're going to make changes, it needs to be now as opposed to a month from now when it's already too late. Now they're they got 12 points and they're not that far out of a playoff positioning if they can start playing good hockey. If they wait too long, it's they're going to be too far out of it. And at that point, wait till the offseason because what are you doing in season then? Yeah, I, I agree with you. You brought up a point of something that we're actually going to try to talk about on today's episode, and that was a little bit towards officiating. There's some things that have kind of gone on recently in the NHL. John Tortorella comes to mind. You're talking about officiating. I, I want to talk about that at some point in the episode today. Another thing we're going to continue on from our discussion last week, and for those that may not have had an opportunity to listen to our show last week, we had a very good conversation with John East Hope and as of the, the Shutdown Pair podcast about mental health in sports. There was something said last weekend by Jack Todd in the Montreal media market we want to further discuss. Also, Bob Murray. We're going to continue on with that conversation. And we also have Alex Ovechkin past Brett Hall on the all-time NHL goal scoring list. Ken and I want to talk. Is he actually going to get there? And, you know, is there anybody else who might get there? Ken, I did some research on this that I think you might find a little surprising. I haven't really shared it with you yet. We're going to talk about goal scorers in the NHL. But to start off the episode, Ken, I want to continue on from last week's episode with uh, John and Az in regards to mental health and sports. Shortly after recording last weekend, Jack Todd comes out with a statement on Twitter and Jack Todd, I believe is a local media uh, member in, in the Montreal the, that covers the Montreal Canadians. And he goes, interesting to see whether Carey Price discusses the reasons for his entry into the player assistance program as Jonathan Drouin did rather anticipating that he will not. Fair enough. I'm okay with that statement. More or less someone comes out and says, it's not up to him. He doesn't have to say anything. I 100% agree with that statement. Jack Todd, I don't disagree with that, but when his absence has helped lead to a disaster start for his team, an explanation is in order. No, it's not. Not at all. Not at all. Jack Todd is so far off base with that comment that we discussed this last week. The player has every right to go into this assistance program. He has every right not to say why he went into this assistance program. To Carey Price's credit, he kind of this week talked about it, which just proves to me how how good of a human being Carey Price is. He didn't go into depth, but he did kind of talk about it. Good on Carey Price. Ken, what was your initial reaction to what Jack Todd said on Twitter? I know I brought it up to the group right after we finished recording, and they were just like, this is just so typical of the NHL 
Ken, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you have the mic on this. What were your thoughts? So we, before I get into my thoughts, if you haven't heard the episode that Trevor's talking about with us and as and John of the Shutdown Pair podcast, please go back and listen to at least the first 35 minutes. I think it is. It is a great in-depth conversation that we talk about. We all learn something from it uh, during that time where, you know, as fans, we have a responsibility as well to help change the culture. And I appreciate the comment that, that you read out from the other person on Twitter about Jack Todd's comments because he's completely out to lunch on this. No player or person owes anybody an, excl- an explanation when it comes to their personal lives. They don't. Kerry Price did put out that statement. He's not speaking to the media, and I'm glad he's not because of people like Jack Todd. Because you know he's just going to get peppered with this question by saying, you owe us, you owe us. The hell he does. He doesn't owe us a damn thing. And I think that it's completely off base, and Jack Todd needs to step back and reevaluate things because that same night that he put that out, he also has a, a tweet that says, it's my week to be fed up with rich entitled athletes. Well, guess what, Jack? It's my time, possibly our time. I don't want to speak for Trevor to be fed up with entitled sports writers that can't play the game that expect everything out of the athletes right down to, you know, how many times do you wipe after going to the bathroom? It's none of your damn business. It, it really isn't. He doesn't owe anything, and I really hope that at some point in time in a hallway, you pass Carey Price and you ask a stupid question, Jack Todd, and he tells you to get bent because he doesn't owe you a damn thing. Nobody does. That You want to talk about being entitled? Your entire approach to this is being an entitled child. You're not a toddler. Your, your hair is grayer than gray. You're an adult. Start acting like it. He brought up the the point about, well, he owes the team because of the team. Well, no, he doesn't. It, life is bigger than hockey. Hockey is not bigger than life. Carey Price's life is more important than the Montreal Canadiens' results on the ice. You're right, Ken. This is someone being entitled. They feel like they're entitled to know because they cover that team. No, you're not. And I've also seen the argument on Twitter about, well, I'm the paying fan. I deserve to know. Well, here, here's something hot for you. Don't pay then. Don't go to the games. If that's the way you feel, you're not a fan. You are not a fan of this league. The athletes are entertainers. And yes, we do pay to go see them. No different than when you pay to go see a movie. When a Hollywood superstar, a Hollywood actress or actor, you know, goes on leave, do you come out on Twitter and say, I demand a right to know why Britney Spears went into rehab? No, you, you don't. It's exactly the same. And you pay to see that. So how is it any different as a fan of a team where you feel like it's your right because you're, you're paying this? No, not yeah. at all. I, I, well, that is such a poor take in my opinion. Well, it is. And, and the thing too is like, you know, talk about like Brian Reynolds is taking a step back to spend time with his family. Good for him. Damn Ryan Reynolds. What are you yeah. doing? I deserve <laughs> the right to know. Yeah. Well, I mean, just because they're providing entertainment doesn't mean that they have to dance for you 24, seven, 365. 
they don't owe you anything, nothing. And if you, as you said, if you don't like the product on there, don't get it. If you don't like the latest season of insert TV show here, don't watch. If you didn't like the last two fast and furious movies, don't watch the next seven. Like it just doesn't, it doesn't make sense to keep harping on something that you claim to hate, but love all the time. Right. Like if Jack Todd wanted an answer for the uh, Montreal Canadiens disastrous start, go talk to Jake Allen, go talk to Jeff Petrie, go talk to Gallagher, go talk to Hoffman, go talk to the guys playing the game and say, Hey guys, what's going on? Seems that you're not getting going right now. And the guys playing the game can say, you know what? We've had some off nights. I just haven't felt myself on the ice. We're, we're playing some really good teams. We're shutting us down. Carey Price, he, he left out Shea Weber. Why isn't he going after Shea Weber? Why isn't he asking Shea Weber about his, his body breaking down? Oh, guess what? That's also not Jack Todd's business at all. Like I, I want to I want to put something out there. We're not trying to attack Jack Todd. It's just it, it was a convenient set of tweets that came out shortly after a uh, discussion we had. The, let's be honest. This happens in every every it's the, fan. It's the mentality of the entitlement. Sport. Yeah, yeah it, this isn't exclusive to Jack Todd, and by no means are we trying to single him out as being a horrific human being. No, that is not what we're doing here. That is just it's a, a, a specific example of a a problem in sports in general yeah the, the timing of it just stuck out more so that it was a shining example of what we had just finished speaking about to here it is here's another example of someone expecting something when you don't deserve to know like we don't need to know what's going on right like the people that need to know or Carrie may price may open up to, or Jonathan drew or anyone else that's going through with it. Well, people that they feel comfortable with their family, their friends, their support um, network. Yeah. But that's not the fans. It's not the media, media members and fans. We, we don't get to know. And this is my big problem too, is everyone is talks about how these guys are role models and they're this and they're that, but they take it too far. And the expectation of the like, well, I need to know everything that goes on in your life now because you're a role model. No, athletes should be role models in the game that they play. And that is it because it's unrealistic for anyone who idolizes them as they grow up or wants to be like them when they grow up to have it actually happen. The chances of a person becoming a pro athlete are so slim. It, it, it's not going to happen. So if you want to model your game after someone, by all means, do it. But model your life after people who truly are role models in the game of life, like your parents, like a teacher, like a you know doctor, maybe or someone respected. Do it that way, but live your life the way that you should. Don't not as the expectation of seeing in a hockey magazine, a baseball magazine, or, you know, MTV Cribs, if that's even still on, I don't know if I just dated (laughs) myself, right? Like that's not realistic. They call it reality television, but there's nothing about it. That is reality. That's scripted too, right? Like it's, you're not getting the real part of it where they may hate their lives living in the limelight. They just want to play a game. I'm going to kind of actually disagree with you a little bit. You said that Carey Price shouldn't be a real life role model. I completely hmm. disagree with that. I think he absolutely should be. I'm not, he, I'm not saying Carey Price. I'm saying in like when 
when a lot of people look at athletes as role models, they want to live. Like I'm just using that as a general statement is they want the the riches. They want the, the lifestyle, right? I'm not saying the like, carry price is because he, like he took care of himself and made that priority and told people about it. I'm talking about like when you see the the flashy lifestyle yeah, that people want to want to live. It's not so much like Carey Price is because he has shown, you know, he's a good person. And he was I'm not an influential that, figure who said, I need help. And to yes. me, that should be a role model. Well, a hundred times out of a hundred. That yeah. is what a role model is. But like, let's taking that where I say that is you look at, look at the celebrities or athletes, people that are in the limelight like that. You don't know the struggles that they have, whether they're happy, like you say with the mental health or they have sometimes, you know, drinking problems, drug problems, gambling, but like there's, there's so much of the other side of the coin you don't see being shown. It's not realistic to be able to say, well, that's, they got the perfect life. No, no. Like, the perfect life is what you make, not what someone else has. That they, might be they perfect, have a perfect for them. Public life. They have a yeah. perfect public life. We don't know what's going on behind closed doors. Exactly. I, that's a very strong statement, Ken. Yeah, I totally agree. There was a, a couple of other incidents. I shouldn't say incidents. Uh, the kind of things that happened in the NHL this week that kind of fall under the I want to call it the mental health in hockey umbrella and in sports in general. I'm not actually just going to focus on the the nhl there was uh bob murray got re- resigned with the anaheim ducks this week over uh, alcohol abuse and some allegations that came out and i know uh john east hope said it on his show yesterday where he kind of wanted to commend the anaheim ducks and the organization they handled it you know, they handled it that i have to agree with that i don't know whether i agree with it the way it was handled or not they handled it they didn't let it fester they bob murray's getting the help that he needs hopefully the Anaheim Ducks are able to move on from this issue I agree with what John said yesterday they have to be commended because they handled it and it's not growing into a bigger problem it didn't take 10 years it did exactly it didn't take 10 years and then the mother of uh, John Doe too spoke out in regards to the Kyle Beach allegations in the Chicago Blackhawks and the NHL's role in it and and Ken how did you feel about that? And kind of from the Blackhawks perspective and the NHL perspective, I think it was handled okay on one side, very poorly on the other side. What's, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I think we'll start. I'm going to assume we're on the same side of the poorly handled and that's the NHL. Uh, I think Gary Bettman's comments were, you know, he, he was put on a spot. I'll give him that maybe a little bit, but his comments weren't very, they're very almost callous. They were they just were cold. very they yeah, were cold, very cold. And he wouldn't commit to providing assistance to John Doe number two, who was 16 at the time that um, he was assaulted by, I'm not even going to say his name, but he was assaulted and wouldn't commit to it. And then finally just, you know, John Doe 2's mom took real uh, offense to that. And a lot of people feel Gary Bettman should be out as commissioner because of it. And I agree the comments were cold. Um, She was very upset that the the NHL wasn't going to commit to paying for the help that he he needs. 
And, and I understand a little bit, but I also, I think the NHL could have handled it a lot better, but I don't, I don't know that the NHL fully bears the sole responsibility or even 50, 50 in providing the help. It would have been, it would have been the easy right thing to do. And they would have looked great, but it opens the door to when an organization does, does doesn't do the right thing and has this, unfortunately a situation like this come up again in the past is the NHL really that responsible? The NHL head office, are they responsible for a multi-million, possibly billion-dollar franchise and their wrongs? So I see both sides of it. I think Gary Bettman absolutely could have handled it better. But I don't know. Do you think that they bear the brunt of the cost on that? That's a very uh, that's a very slippery slope, to be honest, and I I don't know that I want to comment either way on it. Um, the NHL, I think, should have done the right thing, whether they bear responsibility or not. I think they're they're partially responsible. Let's let's not beat around the bush. They're they're partially responsible. The Chicago Blackhawks are clearly the responsible ones, the ones that are like bear the brunt of this. Uh, the Chicago Blackhawks, I guess sort of did the right thing they're they're paying for the treatment but this never should have happened in the first place so i you know when i said i guess somebody handled it okay i guess i can say that but this never should have happened in the first place what really bothers me about the nhl side of this is everybody's talking about gary bettman losing his job over this i think a lot of our listeners and just listeners in general forget gary bettman's just the voice of the 32 owners this yeah. is the 32 owners telling him what to say. And that the, the response we got from the 32 owners is what kind of scares me where it was a very cold, robotic, um, politically correct, worried about further litigation type answer. It wasn't a human answer. And that, it very that's lawyer what it was very lawyer talk. And, and Gary Bettman is a lawyer that's where what I'm worried about is this was Batman speaking on behalf of 32 owners and it was cold, not good. Yeah. And like, I, I, if the NHL like had said, yeah, you know, we're going to, we're going to help out. But like you say, the, the Chicago Blackhawks own this situation, this situation particular with John Doe number two, the Chicago Blackhawks own that uh, not a hundred percent, not 110%, 150% because they wrote a recommendation for this guy to get that job, knowing, knowing what had happened to Kyle Beach. So this is where I, the words smell like they, they own that. They have to take responsibility and say, yeah, we're going to pay. Right. But there, there's settlement numbers that are going like, they're still also fighting it too. Like the Chicago Blackhawks, like this isn't just a, you know what? Hey, we were wrong. Here's a settlement. We're going to continue outside of the settlement. We're going to continue to pay for the help that is needed for both of these victims. And it's just not happening. They're still fighting it behind the scenes. Yes. I, you bring up a really good point. The amount of lawyer talk going on, as opposed to human talk from both the NHL and the Chicago Blackhawks is very 
very disappointing in my opinion. It's guys, you clearly, clearly did a wrong here. Yeah. Own it, fess up to it and fix it. Stop fighting it. I understand why you have to fight it because we're talking millions and millions. I get that, but maybe this is about more than money. Some things are about more than money. This is about lives ruined and the amount of lawyer litigation talk is very disrespectful to the beach family and John Doe two's family. And that that's, what's most disappointing about it for me. Yeah. And, and like I, the NHL can very much so do that. I think, I just think the teams and the people actually responsible should be the ones paying the, the penalty. And so that's where I kind of the NHL, yeah, it was cold. It was courtroom lawyer type talk, but I don't know. I just, it's one of those things. It's like if you, if a, an employee of a company does something wrong and it's outside of the workplace, does the company then be held responsible for it too? Like that's tough. Like it, all the other things that have happened in the past, you know, is the NHL responsible for, you know, a player on another team's actions or, Right. Like when you start getting into it happened outside of the team, you know, take just let's stick with the Chicago Blackhawks there. Patrick Kane and the assault on the cab driver. Are the Blackhawks responsible for that because he's an employee of the team? Or is that Patrick Kane's responsibility? I would say Kane's. Right? Yeah. And like, yeah. And so that there too, like what you go back that chain of command, is it? Kane and the Blackhawks and then somehow the NHL is like the NHL can suspend him for detriment or conduct detriment to the league. Absolutely. But that's their part of that. Right. That's very easy for the NHL to have done something and they probably should have, but even provide like, Hey, we have this group that does our, our player assistance. John Doe number two, you have full access to our player assistance. Yes. That there doesn't cost them any money, but they're providing help. Right. They're well, there giving the, they're giving there was that. a statement earlier as well about, and I think it was in, in regards to Akeem Alou where the NHL wasn't going to offer the assistance because, well, this incident happened when he wasn't an NHL player. And it's like, you know what, guys, how about we just do the effing right thing here? Like, yeah. is it really that hard to do the right thing? Well, it's funny you bring up Akeem Alou again. We've talked about him a lot. The NHL in the same breath of all of this says, oh, we've reached out to Akeem Alou and we're going to, and then his lawyer goes, no, they haven't. I haven't heard a damn thing. So again, ball in the air and the NHL drops it. You make a public statement at such a time when you're in the, uh, I want to say limelight, but you're in the spotlight of another incident and you completely punt it out of bounds on your two yard line on another incident. Right. Like, again, dealing with the same damn organization, a lot of mistakes and absolutely could have been handled differently. So I don't know. I, I there's a right. They have a right to be angry at the whole institution of the NHL. I, I don't for a second take that away from anybody. But I want to uh, take what you just said a little bit and put it towards the Aaron Rodgers saga that's happened in the last couple of weeks who who bears the responsibility on this is it Aaron Rodgers or is it the Packers 
or is it both? What, what, what do you think on that? Yes. Yes. And the NFL it's on Aaron Rodgers. He lied. It's on the Packers for not verifying that information that, and, and they very well, I, I'm speaking on my own behalf. I'm not speaking on behalf of the Packers. I'm, I'm assuming they did because Aaron Rodgers is an MVP caliber quarterback and you don't win games without Aaron Rodgers behind center. And I may actually go and watch the Seahawks Packers game today just to see what kind of response he gets coming back to playing today. But, and it goes to the NFL to not having the proper protocols in place to absolutely verify that the people on the field are what they say they are right. Like Aaron Rodgers hasn't been wearing a mask or following any of the protocols all season long. Cause he talked to Dr. Joe Rogan and figured it out. Um, like, no, you're taking a, a horse dewormer. That's not going to help you, bro. Right. Like, yeah, you've got some longer hair, so your mane's looking great, but come on. It, it's, Please no one take our podcast for any kind of medical advice like Aaron Rodgers did with Joe Rogan. Okay. Like we are not experts on anything. Uh, um, uh, hang on. Unless you guys want to pay us millions of dollars to do so, then absolutely take yeah. our advice. <laughs> but the fact that Aaron Rodgers is like taking horse dewormers and getting laughed at while on podcasts and, and such is just. Well, Pat McAfee so... had a hard time. It's so, it's such a microcosm of where we're at in a society right now. It was just like, and the fact that people are supporting this is, it's craziness to me. It really is craziness to me. What, what's really crazy to me though, is the fines levied against this. Aaron Rodgers got fined, what was it? $14,000? 14 grand. 14 grand. There was players fined last week $20,000 for wearing their jersey wrong. Yeah, like, C.D. Lamb was 20 grand Lamb, 20 for grand. not tucking in his jersey. Like, are you're telling me that a guy lying about COVID is, is, not, is not worse than a guy not tucking in his jersey? Like, I don't know. That, that's... I put the the NFL kind of on blast there. That was poorly handled, and I I don't know. I, I don't get it. I really don't get it. It's a whole different microcosm we could go down between the fines between Aaron Rodgers and CD Lamb. I don't know that we'll do that today. No, but we're not. For for all the crap we sometimes give the Edmonton Elks for how they've handled things this season, let's go back to beginning of this year. The Edmonton Elks had a player do the exact same thing. They lied about their vaccination status. And guess what? He was released. Oh, and guess what? The CFL, the, you know, joke of a league that everyone who's an NFL fan, fan thinks that it is. Um, yeah, the CFL stepped up and said, yeah, you're released. And uh, oh, FYI, all you other eight CFL teams, if you want to sign them, we're not certifying that contract. Why? Because you lied, you put your team, and you put the league at risk. So, you know what? Standing ovation for the CFL, NFL, you get two thumbs down on how you handle this. You had a chance, and you dropped it, right? Like, the NFL, you talk about how they handle things and the fines and stuff. 
I wanted to, while we're here with Aaron Rodgers in the NFL, John Gruden, he's suing the NFL and Roger Goodell, the commissioner, because he got put on blast for the emails he wrote. And he's never said, I didn't write them. But he's upset because the NFL and Roger Goodell ruined his reputation and his chance of employment. While, because he wrote some very disgusting emails and made comments when he was ESPN analyst. And so now he's suing them. Why? You wrote those. So what if you were the only one they pointed out, which is kind of odd considering there's like 8,000 emails that the NFL looked at through this the Washington football team investigation. I do find that a little odd that he's the only one kind of singled out, but still, regardless, you were in the wrong. You're not trying to say that these emails are fake and you're being framed. You're just pissed. You got caught, dude. So go away. Yeah. Yeah, Just another example of money being more important than anything else. John Gruden's just trying to save some money some money, 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 money. It's not more important. He literally said disgusting things. And again, it's lawyer talk. We just talked about lawyer talk. It's more of that lawyer talk. It's disgusting. Like take your words and take accountability for them. Yeah. And John Gruden's trying to not do that right now. And that's, you brought it up. You're so bang on. And that's, what's really, uh, I almost find embarrassing about sports and, and life in general right now. You're allowed to say whatever you want without any accountability. And I'm even going to get started on American politics. Like I'll, I'll need a three hour show to, to, to talk about that. It's where is the accountability for your actions and your words? Cause it is missing right now. Yeah. People, people think they can say and do whatever they want because they're behind a keyboard and a monitor and potentially a fake name. And I'm not promoting violence, but people say whatever they want to say because no one's getting punched in the face anymore for saying something stupid directed to someone's face, right? Like I'm not, again, I'm not promoting violence, but usually if you shoot your mouth off to someone face to face and you say something completely outrageous and disgusting and offensive, you're going to get popped. Right. But now people feel that it's like a security blanket of sitting behind a social media handle. If they can say whatever they want, especially when you can go out and find people that think the exact same way and, it's got to change, right? You can't just say whatever you want and think it's okay because there are some things that are just completely out of bounds. Yes. Again, I, I highly recommend if you didn't get a chance to listen to it last week, go back on our on demand and listen to our episode with Johnny Stopin as about mental health and sports. It was a very powerful conversation that this conversation we just had kind of dovetailed off of it. To me, this is an important conversation that needs to be had. I can I could have this conversation every week on our show. It's that important to me. And I think we need to get that across. I want to move on to the next topic that we want to talk about this week. And it's going to be a little more happy-go-lucky, I guess we could say. And that's Alex Ovechkin is chasing Wayne Gretzky in the all-time NHL goal scoring record. Why are we going to talk about it this week? Well, Alex Ovechkin passed a big name this week on that list, Brett Hall. Brett Hall had 741 career goals. Alex Ovechkin, as of recording right now, has 742. Wayne Gretzky has 894 goals. Gordie Howe, 801 goals. Yaramir Yager, 766 goals. Very possible Ovechkin passes Yager this season if he stays healthy. 
very most likely he will pass Gordie Howe next season. Ken, is Alex Ovechkin going to pass Wayne Gretzky? Yeah, I think that there's no more. If Gretzky's record will be broken, it's when. Ovechkin has had the type of career and the type of production that has completely removed the if this record. There are some records that will be, I think, hands down, never broken in sports. Cal Ripken's Ironman streak will not be broken. You can save this in some archive and 120 years later, you can pull it out and listen to it. Cal Ripken's record consecutive games played will never be broken. The was is it Roger Maris's 54 game hit streak? 56. 56. I don't think that will ever be broken. There are records that have that aura to them that they will not be broken. And Gretzky's goal scoring record, probably 10, 15 years ago, was one of them. And Alex Ovechkin has come in and shattered it, that aura around this is an unbreakable record. It is absolutely going to be broken. And it is just about when now, not if. Now, one record that Wayne Gretzky does hold, and that's the all-time points, will never be broken. That, that's another one. His all-time assists is another tough one that may never be broken. But I'm kind of with leaning with you on this one that, yeah, I think Alex Ovechkin is going to break this record. The only reason why I'm worried he may not is age is starting to catch up to him. Uh, I don't know his exact age. I'm assuming it's mid to high 30s. So he's going to have to play, if I'm going to venture, I guess, three to four more seasons to break this. You're talking 150 goals he still needs by from now until the end of his career. Scoring 40 goals a season, that is three and a half more seasons. That's a lot. That's a lot. Or does he hold out? I don't want to say hold out. Does he play a few extra years towards the end of his, his NHL career to make sure he passes this? That, that I think that's more likely going to be the scenario. Can he stay healthy? He's not a spring chicken anymore, Alex Ovechkin. Can he stay healthy for these last, I'm going to say, four years of his career to play a full season? I think one thing that's really overlooked in this whole conversation, Alex Ovechkin has already been robbed of a season and a half, if not two seasons of hockey due to lockouts, COVID and such, a little bit of injuries. Let's just say, for example, he's got another two seasons under his belt. Um, He's already really close to being there. He's probably well past Gordie Howe, probably in the 850 range. It's really disappointing that, Alex Ovechkin had to play in the era of the lockout and, and COVID because I think that has had a significant impact on his overall goal totals, but I'm going to lean with you, Ken. I think he gets there. Well, you talked about Ovi slowing down. I don't think there, there's nothing to me that says he's slowing down. If you look at like, we talked about, you brought up the injuries in the age. He's 36 right now. In his career since 2005, 2006, his rookie season, the 2012-2013, he only played 48 games. He had 32 goals in 48 games. 
if you that was that's on pace for almost 60 goals that season right he had 51 the next year playing 78 1920 he played 68 games he hasn't missed a lot of time because of injury but he is as you say he is getting older now but he's had a pretty healthy career and i don't see him slowing down he's got 12 goals in 14 games this season that's a hell of a pace right like at this, if he has a couple two goal games to catch up, right? Like in his next game, if he scores a hat trick, he's at 15 and 15 and on pace for 82 goals this year, right? Like to me, there's nothing that says he's going to slow down and he's signed for quite some time too. Yeah. What I really, for me, one of the big pieces of this record, he hasn't overplayed, he hasn't overstayed his welcome in the NHL to try and do it. He's doing it naturally within the course of his career, which at this point at 36 doesn't look to have an end that anytime soon. He's also done it with one team. Wayne Gretzky played for the Oilers. He played for the Kings. He had a season in St. Louis. He played for the Rangers. Yamir Yager has almost done a lap of the NHL. Gordie Howe played until he was 75 and, and all throughout <laughs> And he still scored so good for, I mean, like the, the ages I'm off by one or two years, but right. Those guys bounced. I don't want to say bounced. They went around the league a little bit to continue playing, to continue scoring. And you know, like Gretzky broke, scored 802. And I know this all too well against Vancouver in Los Angeles. So and he still went on and scored another 92 goals afterwards in his career. I just have a feeling that OV will break that damn record against the Canucks because that's just what happens um, when it comes to something major like that. I don't see him slowing down. And I think that it is, he's got a, he's got a contract with Washington that will keep him there for life. Yeah. I think it's pretty impressive that he, I'm not going to say has the potential. He will do this playing for one team. Yeah. And, and to me, nothing, nothing says he's going to slow down. And I think he's done it in an era that's way different. Had, Absolutely. Ove, had Ovechkin played in the 80s, he might have 1,500 goals. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> he might have double what he has right now. He's played an era. He's played in the dead puck era. He's played in the, 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 trap. Hook, the, the, the trap, the hooking, the holding. The, the goalies are just way better. The team defense is way better. I have to command Alex Ovechkin. He is amazing. Like, Ovi's plus 87 in his career, right? Like for a guy with 1,344 points, sure that, you know, you maybe want it to be a little bit higher, but he's not, he's not a guy that hangs out at the blue line waiting for the puck to go out. Like Gretzky kind of floated at the blue line and was looking for the breakout pass. Ovi plays a, a lot, I think a lot more of a complete game. And well, he plays a physical game too. Absolutely. He is a tough, tough man to play. And he, he has no problem throwing a big hit or taking a hit. He, he's just a guy that goes out there. I've always been a fan of Ovechkin because of how he plays the game. I, yes. I love it. He is a, so entertaining to watch and I could watch him play hockey for another 20 years. It might start to get ugly at year 15, but he's just that type of player. Uh, we need more, Ovechkin's in the NHL with his personality and the way he plays the game and how he wants to go out there and have fun. You know, he wanted the tinted visor and the NHL said, no, no, no. 
right? The, the gold skates or whatever he like, he's out there trying to bring something to the game. And what he's doing is he's bringing one hell of a product to the NHL per the production is out of this world. And yeah, I think this will be a record that he owns when it's done. So before the episode, Ken, both you and I went a little bit down the goal scoring list and we both singled out names on that list that we felt like the, what could have been, what could have been in the all-time goal scoring list from a couple of players had they remained healthy. Ken, who did you single out on that list? Oh, for for me, hands down, because this was a guy I grew up watching as a Canucks fan, Pavel Bure. I, I think if Pavel Bure had a healthy career, which he did not, uh, like the guy could fly on the ice, absolutely fly. And if his knees had not given out on him, because I think he had ACL tears in both, he had MCL tear, like, and I don't know if there's just a, the factor of how fast and how much he put on his joints. Man, like he had 437 goals in 702 games. You did the math on it. That was a 0. 0.61 per goals per game, which was better than Gretzky. Yeah. So if you doubled his games to just 1,400, because he only, like he played from 91, 92 to 2002, 2003, but the last three seasons really he didn't play two full years he was injured too much and i think he's a guy that we would be talking about ovechkin chasing pavel bure for the record potentially um but alas it didn't happen but for me it was is pavel bure with the with the what if if he could have stayed healthy and i know you got one that kind of blows him out of the water, but <laughs> uh, yes, I got to say, Ken, that's a cute Homer choice, but I got to go with the obvious choice here. The magnificent one, Mario Lemieux. He only got to play 915 games in his NHL career and health and injuries and everything. Ken, he scored 690 goals in those 915 games, 0.75 goals per game. 0.75. That is 0.15 higher than Gretzky. And Gretzky has the record. Had Mario Lemieux been able to stay healthy and overcome, sorry, he did overcome yeah. his, his cancer and everything. He's a, an amazing human being. Had he been able to play a full career of close to, let's say the 1500 games is what I, I deem to be a full career he would have been up around 1100. It's not even close. Mario Lemieux is the guy that what could have been. And we got to see him and he was still amazing. Yeah. And he only played roughly half the games he probably should have played. So well, to me, it's Mario Lemieux. Wasn't he, wasn't he even having issues in junior? Wasn't there the story like his, his billets or whatever had to tie his shoes or his skates or whatever. Like this is a guy who had, Suddenly he had like injuries all through oh, his yeah. entire career from a young age. And, you know, you mentioned the, the cancer and, and what he went through and still did that and came back, bought the Penguins and came back and played because needed to save the franchise and kind of insulate Sidney Crosby a little bit too, which will say the Penguins did a lot better job with making sure he'd be successful than say a franchise 
in the city I live in did to make sure that their first overall guys would be successful. Um, but he's always been just a pure goal scorer. And you're right. You, you take a look at some of the players and I don't think Cam Neely would have been a guy that scored that kind of, at that kind of pace, but there's a lot of guys that we lost out on getting to see play the game because of injuries. And there's a lot of guys that fall under that. What if category? Yes. I want to take it to modern day. Ken, there's three names out there right now that I think are premier scorers in the NHL. Premier. Ah, there's maybe four. I'm going to keep David Pasternak out of this because I don't think he's that good. Ken, Leon Dreisaitl, Connor McDavid, Austin Matthews. In your opinion, do any of these guys have a shot at breaking Alex Ovechkin's goal <laughs> scoring record. record down the road? Or do, do any of these guys, are they going to get to 900 goals? Possibly. I don't, I don't know. I, I, and we kind of talked before and my answer was, I don't think this, there will be. And I'm still kind of on that because again, we've seen with, Austin Matthews injuries. He had a wrist injury last season and still had a little bit going into this season. I mean, he's scoring at a good pace now, but these guys are young and having injuries, right? Connor McDavid's already had one knee injury because he went flying into a goalpost. I don't, maybe they might get close, it might, but I don't know. Like, who knows? It's also going to be tough to say how long does Obi play for? Yes. Does he play and does he get to potentially 970 or like just throwing a number out there? Does he put it that much further out of reach? Because I don't think he's going to stop the day after he breaks the record. Like when he gets that, okay, I have it. I'm done. Yeah. Like I said, there's until his game starts going down, I don't think we've seen the last of Obi for quite some time. So Based on, I don't know where the mark is going to potentially be set. I'm going to say those guys could get close. Is McDavid and Dreisaitl going to be, you know, stay a pair for, for life? Don't know. Don't know. One of those, one of those guys is going to go. Is Austin Matthews going to get handed a bag full of money by the possibly Arizona, Arizona Coyotes and NHL to go to Arizona in three years? Will, will he have that support there? Don't know. Don't know with the salary cap situation. Remember, the, a lot of the names before Ovi did it in a pre-salary cap era. Yeah. So will this continue and go on? Don't know. They're like Before these guys could just spend the money and create these, you know, have these guys there. Now you got to look at the books. Like, can we afford to keep continuing to pay Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, William Nylander, John Tavares, this kind of money and be successful teams want to win. And you see guys moving left, right, and center. Now. I, I don't know. They might get close. I don't know if they will. I ran some numbers on this because I was actually interested to see if any of them could potentially get there. Leon dry has 192 goals in 382 games, which is roughly 0.5 goals per game. That is significantly lower than Wayne Gretzky's 0.6. But since 2018, he has 138 goals in 222 games played, 0.62 goals per game. That's higher than Gretzky. Connor McDavid, 
420 games, 204 goals, 0.485. That's significantly lower. I think he passes, and I'm weird saying this, he passes the puck too much <laughs> for me to break this goal scoring record. And that's not a knock. That's just his game. Granted, in the last few years, his goal scoring numbers are quite a bit higher. So that, that number could go up. Austin Matthews, 347 games, 205 goals. That's a 0.59 goals per game. That's right there with Gretzky. Can he stay healthy? That, that to me is the big question mark. He's already between COVID and injury and is, I'm going to say six years, lost 80 games. That is a full season worth of games. That is 55 goals based on his scoring 55 goals he's already behind in his chase. I took these numbers and extrapolated them over a 1,500 game career. That's roughly 18, 19, 20 full seasons. That put Dreisaitl at 750 goals. I think he's going to get higher than that. I do. Put McDavid at 730. So not even, like that's behind where Ovechkin is now. Austin Matthews, it put him at 885. If I were to handicap it, I would say Austin Matthews has the best chance at breaking this record, strictly because when you're talking goals per game and straight up scoring goals, he is the best in the league right now. Yeah, I don't think anyone would really kind of, well, people in Edmonton might argue that McDavid and Dreisaitl are better, but the numbers are the numbers. So I don't know that they will, but I think they'll, I think we're going to see a lot more people getting closer than we have in the past. And that surprises me because of the era that we're in now where team D and goaltending is that much better. I want to quickly jump to one last quick topic here and officiating. Ken, you mentioned it off the top when you were talking uh, in our very first segment, you actually texted me last night during a Canucks game where you questioned an officiating call we got to watch a bit of the game together on Friday night where we questioned an officiating call uh, on a review on a pass interference. Ken, we hear it every game from every fan base where the referees suck, the referees cost their team games. And I think we might have to have this conversation at further length, but is there an epidemic in sports right now around officiating? Yeah, I mean, I, I think... It appears that way. I don't think it's a, you know, personal vendetta like a lot of fans take it as. But you look at baseball and some of the strike strikes and balls being called in a game. It's not consistent. It's ugly. It's some and depends on who is behind the plate. Last thing the one I texted you about was Canuck got hit. I didn't think there was anything really wrong with the hit. Oliver Ekman Larson took it. Uh, didn't like it. He went at McNabb. Happens all the time. Two guys go, usually two for roughing. They go sit, and that's that. No, OEL gets double minute, four minute minor for roughing, and McNabb, who dropped the gloves and threw two punches, gets two. So OEL got an extra two for taking two shots to the head. That to me was a bad call. I have no issue with OEL getting two for roughing, but the extra two, there was nothing there to see why. And even just the calls are getting weak, very, very weak. I, I think there's just a serious lack of consistency around 
every sport right now. I said it to you watching the Calgary St. Peter's game on Friday night where there was a brutal pass interference call I like that, that actually went to re- review and they called the penalty. There's no consistency. I see it all the time on Twitter where every fan base, whether it's the Calgary Flames, the Edmonton Oilers are one of the worst in regards to McDavid, but every fan base where they just constantly call out the referees and I kind of sympathize with them because there is no consistency here. There is no consistency. What is called one night is not called the next night. There was a perfect example in the, the Calgary Flames played the Montreal Canadiens earlier this week. A Montreal Canadian got punched in the head by four different Calgary Flames in a scrum, and he's the only one who got a penalty. I don't know. Uh, and this is a, a bigger conversation for another day, but I think there is a significant problem in sports in general. Baseball, you brought it up, balls and strikes. Hockey, the the consistency around what is and isn't called. And during the playoffs, it changes entirely. And I don't know, John Tortorella has taken a ton of heat this week for bringing up a point about Connor McDavid and maybe he needs to change his game. And I actually don't think John Tortorella is off base there because it is a well-known fact that the rules change in the playoffs, but should yeah. they? That's no. part of the bigger conversation. Should they? I, I don't know. I'm, but here's one thing I'm going to say to the fan bases. There is no conspiracy against your team. Toronto Maple Leafs nation, Green Bay Packers nation, Tampa Bay Buccaneers nation, LA Lakers nation. There's no conspiracy against your team that the NHL, the NFL, the NBA is trying to make your team lose. Can we drop that narrative, please? I don't think you understand how stupid you sound when you say the NHL clearly wants the Edmonton Oilers or New York Rangers to lose. Look at the ref. Get seriously. That's just a dumb take. The only fan base that would have a uh, case on that is if Dennis Weidman still played and there would be a case there that potentially the the refs were out to uh, get him a little bit. The the refs are not out to get your team. No. Can we please stop on social media with uh, every game? And this is every fan base. And I'm not singling out any fan. This is every fan base. Your team did not lose because of the referees. Your team lost because they didn't deserve to win. Stop. Yeah, please. I've said it to you numerous times. Don't put yourself in a position to have a call go against you. Yes. Like I, I I don't, the only call I really didn't like last night was the Demko knocking the, the net off the the post, like out of the off because he leaned into it. It went off. He gets called for two minutes for delay a game yet in the next commercial break, they're out fixing the the goalpost. So like he's never taken a penalty before that moment right there. It's not like he has a history of doing it. There was no warning, no nothing. And that's that inconsistency you talk about. So. Ken, I want to table this discussion because I think it needs to be an actual topic further down the road. Cause we just Absolutely. barely got to touch on it. I want to table this discussion. Absolutely. So that's our show for this week. Let us know on Twitter at the BleacherCon one for Trevor at the BleacherCon two for myself. Let us know what you thought. That's our show for this week. We want to thank everyone for tuning in. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, everyone.